Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Good morning. You are listening to uh, Red Sea Radio and the Mystery of Parenthood. And um, we would last, ask you at least for right now to slow down a little bit and um, let us start with our prayer as we uh, begin this show. So we begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, Grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. John Paul II, pray for us. Pray for us. Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hey, how you doing? Good, Thaddeus. How are you? It is Tuesday of Benefit Dinner Week. Yes, yes. Tell us about that. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's going to be a great one, though. Yeah, we are We're doing so well, we actually had to cut off registration on the website. Wow. That's the first time that that's happened since I've been a part of the organization, so that's exciting. Um, we still, uh, if you really want to come, and you're thinking, gosh, I shouldn't have waited so long. Uh, it's okay. You could uh, you could try to uh, reach out to people who have uh, a table. Most of the parishes in the area have have gotten a table. Sometimes they're still looking for for uh, people to sit at it. So check with your parish office. Ask if they're still looking for people to sit at their parish table. Um, some of the you can look on our website for some of the other organizations that have purchased tables and try to contact them. Um, maybe you have and, and just pray, I guess, because we're we're basically at capacity, and that's about the only way that we can still fit you in if you're really dying to come hear Tom Peterson and hear about how you can uh, join the mission of Red Sea. Um, you're always welcome to become an Immaculata giving member just by going to our website, redsearadio.org slash donate, and you can do that and be a part of the mission. But in terms of getting to the benefit dinner for the uh, the event and the speaker, I'm sorry, but time has run out. But that's exciting. thank you for all the people who have decided to come. Really excited that we um, are that full, and we just hope it's going to be a huge, huge success. And we all know what I mean when I say <laughs> a huge, huge <laughs> success. <laughs> no, I think it'll be, it's going to be awesome. But gra- we're grateful for all the support we receive, and we we are just so uh, so loved and taken care of in this community. And that's why we exist is because of the uh, the faith and the, the love of this and the generosity of the people, the Catholics here in this town. So... Right. And for those of you listening in, in Waco and Palestine, I'm talking about the benefit dinner coming up in Bryan College Station on All Saints Day. That's a great day. And then day. if you're in Waco pining, pining away for a benefit dinner, don't worry. It's coming. It's coming to Waco <laughs> in April. We'll be there in April. Um, uh, so not, not, not too long. Not too long away. Okay. That's fantastic. So, Trey. I always like to hear about how uh, how your two boys are doing with football since oh, it's yeah. football season, and the theme of the tail of the uh, benefit dinner is going to be tailgating. Yeah, it's, so it's kind of fitting for this time of yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're doing they're doing great. Um, both of them, uh, Kennedy's 
on the JVA team and and they're undefeated and he's done awesome. he's done well awesome they're so they're eight and zero um, and he's running back he's a receiver. receiver he's a receiver and and he's done very well and then and then um, is he kind of like a like a uh, my, one of those my, like little slot Wes receiver Welker, guys, like a Wes, Wes Welker, like that's a Wes who I was Welker for. Kind of, Yeah, my 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 good friends. Every time I send a video of him to them, they'll they'll mm-hmm. they just send back Welker. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so uh, and then and then Colby is uh, the he starts on varsity at the at running back, and he's had you know he's had some injuries, but in the last couple games he's had a they've won the last two games, and he's had big games in both of them. Um, He's rushed for over 300 yards and on, like, I forget, uh, 26 carries, I think, mm-hmm. or something like that. No, I'm not going to know. Maybe 34 carries. Anyway, but he's doing really well. The, the team's doing well. They, they've, they're they 7-1. and one. They lost to Lufkin, which, by the way, yeah. anybody that listens, pretty amazing team. No shame <laughs> in losing to Lufkin. No. But uh, but anyway, so the, the next two games are big, and it, it's always fun. And, 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 and for that reason, I actually – will unfortunately and hopefully for the last time uh not be at the benefit dinner but uh but but well, that frees up that frees up that frees up a chair for somebody right? i guess we can let it slide uh, right. i guess we'll let you go to your yeah. son's football game uh, yeah. Jay. but uh we I want a live update we want a live update live update i'll, I'll be game. i'll be uh tweeting or texting or something i don't know what any of that means anyway but um that's because I'm, yeah of course you do. i'm old but um Anyway, yeah. Well, thanks for asking. And and Kingsley finished their 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 yeah, uh, their right. volleyball Can, their volleyball team. She was on the JV team, right? Right. Uh, their volleyball team finished undefeated in district and won the district championship. So sweet. Um, Congratulations to them. So then she's getting ready for soccer and mm-hmm. and, and that's really her. That's her, her sport, favorite. Sport. Right? That's what yeah, she loves to play. Sure is soccer. Is. So anyway, we just got a few more years of this, and then it's, and then it's I, gone. we'll have to, you know Stephanie and I will, you know. Have to right off into the sunset. Right <laughs> off into the sunset. Uh, I, whatever. You don't that know means. that though. Your your kid. You know, if the, if people if kids want to play in college, they can. There's a place for them to play. Sometimes it just means they have to go play Division three or NAIA. Right, right. But yeah. So I don't. You play. know. I think. It, I think that. Um, regardless, it'll be fun. I just think during the during the weeknights, it'll probably be a little more free. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, We'll be gazing into each other's eyes, I guess, and, or something. And folks, <laughs> they already gaze into each other's right. eyes plenty. It's kind of a little but, uncomfortable in here uh, sometimes for me. Funny. Well, unfortunately, she's not, she's not but, here. Uh, but hey, but yes, yeah, we're not saying yeah, that. We're saying that behind uh, Stephanie's uh, back right now. Right. Yeah, maybe she's listening. She yeah. might be. If she if she is, she can call. Her ears are this burning. Because this is this is live. So yeah, this is live radio. And if you want to call in, Trey, where can they? Where can they, they call, call into? In, 85 love red c that's 855-683-7332 and of course again this is on tuesday october 30th yes sir um it is live right now 2018 18 mm-hmm. just in case because we know that we run these things again yeah, and if it's a good true. show it might get run again or it might just get trashed but yeah if it's a bad show <laughs> it'll get trashed <laughs> but uh, but anyway so we're um i'm excited because i think we had we had a meeting the other day uh, as board talking about yes, talking yes, about yes. the about the church and 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 then that coupled with I'd been asked to give a talk which I'm doing tonight so keep me in your prayers to RCIA regarding keep you in your prayer keep you in our prayers keep keep the, keep me, the audience in our prayers right keep all of involved tonight in prayers <laughs> I'm just teasing but I'm just teasing me and the and the people who are listening and um, but because of that it's kind of you know you go back and 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 you reconnect with with the beauty of what the church of who the church is mm-hmm. and and given the mystery of parenthood and this won't be i mean well, this will be talked about some tonight but but here um we are in part called to be the mystery we're the domestic church each of our families are, are that's are right domestic churches that's the point of the radio. That's, that's what the point of the, the apostle, right? So the mystery of the mystery of parenthood, the mystery of family life, the mystery is is that we are meant to be visible signs of an invisible reality, um, in the, instituted the second, by Christ, Christ to communicate, yeah, yeah, to, to uh, give us grace. So, um, and I think that it, that it's always good to go back and say, well, what does what did Jesus teach? What did Saint Paul teach? What did what does the church teach about herself? 
and how can that apply and what can we do to better um, signify um, what we're meant to signify. And to do that, we have to have an understanding of what the church teaches about itself, herself. Um, so anyway. Yeah, and it's really interesting that this is what you wanted to talk about today because um, I had a little uh, something fly into my head during Mass after communion or I was pondering it or some combination oh. of the two. Um, and I was just kind of marveling in my mind and in my heart of, okay, so God the Father knew that he was, you know, creation was going to unfold and he knew it was going to go the way that it did and has. Right. Right. And so he knew from the very beginning, but he knew from the very beginning that I've got this plan to salvage to salvage it, right? So I'm going to give you this, I'm going to give you life, I'm going to give you creation, I'm going to give you your existence mm-hmm. so that and, and free will so that you can love me and right. we can be in a loving relationship and I can like I can give you this possibility of sharing my life that I have, my divine life. I'm giving you a possibility to uh to have that by having free will and the ability to love. Mm-hmm. But I know you're going to screw it up, but that's okay, right? because I've already got this salvage operation <laughs> that I'm going to institute, and it's going to unfold in some kind of wacky, unexpected ways right? over thousands of what you humans call years, right? how you've chosen to denominate time, that thing that I invented. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little jocular here, folks. Um. Okay, so he sends the Savior, the Incarnation, right? Right. And then he goes one step further and leaves this actual institution, this, like, structure to help us, to help the salvage operation, you know, work and unfold and, and, and affect people's eternal salvation, right? Absolutely. And, you know, part of that institution, part of that structure is the sacraments that are visible signs of an invisible reality instituted by Christ. To confer grace, yes, to give us grace. Right. And then also the the all the rest of the institutional church, right? Right. And just, you know, just marveling at that mercy and that love and that uh, that care, right? You know, it's really, it's really astonishing, and almost bowls you over when you when you step back and you look at it in those grand, big terms. And so, then I had the scripture verse that kind of flew into my head was I didn't know it at the time. I'm a Catholic. That it was John fourteen two, mm-hmm. but what flew into my head was. My father's house has many mansions. My father's house has many rooms. And I thought, I wonder if, you know, in some ways was was our Lord alluding to the church that the the church is a is a structure. It's a it's a house in in a sense. And it, it does it have a lot of a household. It does have a lot of rooms. It has the room for, you know, every you could think of each sacrament as a room. You could think of um, the liturgy as a room, a personal devotion, a private devotion as a as a room. Um, you know, the office as a the divine office, right? Not as an office, but as a room. Right. Um, so, you know, I thought, wow, I've never thought about that verse in that way before, as kind of a um, a prefiguring. And it po- I think it points us church. to something that's really important, which is which is this understanding that we, in some way, if we participate in the church, particularly in liturgy and sacraments, that we are actually participating in eternal life. Where it was a seed of of grace. So yeah, know. and then that took me to. Also, I think that that is an interesting verse to consider in light of 
to see see the church as prefigured in that verse because, and you're going to talk about this today, the church is not just here on earth. That's the church militant. Right. But the church also exists in purgatory, the church suffering, and in heaven, the church triumphant. Yes. And so it would make sense, you know, you can fit in how he, our Lord goes on to say, I have what I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Right. Yeah. When I, when I, when I hear that, I kind of, even to how many years later this is, is probably, that would have been 90. I don't remember exactly, but it's been 20 plus years. Um, my grandfather, I remember just before he died, he's, I mean, he, he, he actually used those words to me. I remember him whispering in my wow. ear, I'm, go, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, And then our Lord goes on to say, and then I'll come back and welcome you into my presence. Right. Well, what, if you what read, presence? Right. And you, if you read, if you read, really, I mean, the if you think about it, you Eucharist. think about the fact of the timing of what's going on. It's his last gathering I challenge you to go if you want to see the the love um, that Jesus is communicating because it's the last time he's talking. This is at the Last Supper. He has spent all this time with these people. Um, they have grown to love him. It's a very apparent that they don't fully understand mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. because right after he talks about the house, he, you know, he, he's, he says... He says, I, "I go to the Father," and and Philip says, "Well, no, I, I, I don't. We don't know where you go. How will we know the way?" And Jesus says, "I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life." Right, right. And it points us back to the fact that ultimately Jesus is not showing us a way. He is actually the way. <laughs> being found in him being united to him right is is that I, I, but but i think that that there is something beautiful about reading john 14 through john 17 and seeing jesus's prayer to the father and his teaching to his kids which it's full of uh, you know that your joy may be complete you know that that, that glorify them as you have glorified me you know all, all this these great words just prior to him knowing that he's going to be crucified that night, that all of those people to varying degrees are going to run (laughs) away. They're going to deny him. And yet he's still knowing all that loves, which points us back to the fact that, that this household that God includes us in here in purgatory and in is a household that, even knowing that we're sinners, even knowing that we're, he still loves us. Right. He loves us irrespective. If, I don't know if that's the right word, a word, but, but regardless of, of our sinfulness, I, I was in a meeting the other day and I heard some people saying, you know, I'm, I'm hard to love because I, I'm, and, and there's a sense in that, but God's not looking at you going, you're awful. Um, and until you get it straight, I'm not going to do it. It, it. Rather, he's giving himself to us, calling us to himself, giving himself over and over or continually to us. But the only way that we don't end up with him is when we deny him or don't change. But it's never because he stops loving us. Yeah. He even loves the people who were in hell. <laughs> if, you know, if they're people in hell, he still loves them. Doesn't stop loving them. Right, he wants their good. He wants their good. Unfortunately, they've they've chosen. That's the ultimate choice against that. But God is love, so it's impossible for him <laughs> to do anything other than that. And that's hard for us to fathom, primarily because we've had to grow up in families, <laughs> and as old as we are, we we have we have seen and are aware of kind of the family that our parents grew up in the family that we grew up in as a child in a, in a family, and now we're becoming aware of what it is, our family with our children. And each of those, I think, has something to say to us, but it also connects, and you can recognize what the church teaches us, right? That's why I think, at least partly, it's important, 
So what does the church do? The church will point us back to people that are saints and call us to become saints ourselves by looking back. And so I think as we've talked about this before, if we're trying to incorporate some of what the church reveals to us, one of the things, and I'm, I'm, I'm moving on and I, I'm going to go back to Thaddeus and make sure that, that he doesn't have anything more to say regarding what he's doing. But, but, but I think it's important for us to have stories that we've got, you know, to tell stories about those who have gone before us about ourselves when we were younger, um, things that we've struggled with, say, times when we saw God act in, in a surprising way in our life, to recount in our little church, in our little domestic church, God's activity in our lives and the connection between us and God where we are right now, but also between those that have gone before us and those who are coming after us, yeah. even encouraging our children to recognize they have something to give to this world. They have something that God wants them specifically to give that they only can give and that they have a responsibility for those going before them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, going, coming after them, I guess. Yeah. Can I, I yeah. think, you know, in my my family growing up, there was even a sense in which um, we had our own family saints, which right. by what I mean is like my great grandfather was somebody that was a saint in my family. He was somebody that we, my father revered, my father loved him. He held him in great esteem. I heard stories about my right. great grandfather. Yes. You know, um, I don't, I don't do that as well as my, as my dad did. But of course, I'm not the I'm not the storyteller like my my father is. Right. Um, but I try. But I think you know if you are the kind of person that is a great storyteller and you have that that memory um, where you can recount things from your past in just vibrant detail, boy. Yeah, and I think you know share for, that with your children for our family. I think it's I, I've, it's neat because I've had there are things that you know my 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 mother for example was known she's heavy set and and she always wore these things that we called butterflies because there were these long dresses but they had <laughs> like a they had like they had I don't know what they are but they were things that came off her shoulders that kind of flopped and uh -huh. we call them butterfly dresses oh boy and and um that's funny I'm, I'm sorry I'm having an image that you know she would she was very athletic growing up but because of her build, you know, she didn't send when we were going skiing one time and she hopped on skis with her butterfly dress. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I, I'm having a flashback. But as the mem as the memories go, what I'm what I think is important for us as parents, if we're gonna accurately reflect the church, we need to look back on and tell my kids no and they'll make comments. The reason I brought up the whole butterfly thing is is that my daughter was. We let our daughter go, who seventeen year old go go play frisbee golf with with a with another guy over at Wolfpin Creek or whatever, and 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 I was like, okay, just protect just you know, just he's a good guy. I know we know him and and like him and and knows he's going to treat him well, treat her well. But at the same time, I was just saying, if you ever have any issues, you need to do it. We get you know, you need to call us or whatever. And she comes back and she goes. I had no worries. There were butterflies everywhere, you know, because she has a sense of this is what my 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 mother was. They never met my mother. I mean, they they don't know, but they have a sense of some connection with somebody who's gone before them that no longer exists, who they've never actually met in person. But because of the stories, I think that's that's the way we're meant mm -hmm. we're meant to live. We're mm -hmm. meant we're meant to not be like we have to live in the moment, but we have to always reflect back and, and pass on the stories of our family, um, going forward. And so that's nothing more. And like you said, the having saints or having some, somebody that you can tell a story about the faith that they did or how they were faithful in, in, in difficult circumstances or how they got through that not only gives them a connection with those people, but sometimes it encourages them as they, enter into their own difficulties going forward as they, as they recognize, oh man, well, you know, I've got somebody who's gone before me and done this and what did they do? And hopefully that's all connected. So I think that that's, yeah. I think as a family, we should look for 
um, opportunities to share the uh, stories about those who've gone before us, things we like about them, things we remember, things we miss. So definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what, um, so what aspect of the church is that in kind of indicative of or exemplary of for you? Well, I would, for me, the, you know, there are four marks to the church, one holy Catholic and apostolic. I would put that in, they all, they kind of all <laughs> interlink, but, but I would, I would, the first thing that comes to mind is the unity, the oneness that it's not, that it's, and I think it's, it's important to remember that, that we like the church, not, we are not the church, but we're, but we're like the church have a connection across there's there's more going on and more we're connected to than just each other we're mm-hmm. not we're mm-hmm. not standalone within it because we're connected with our spouse we're connected with our children mm-hmm. but then beyond that we're connected with those who have gone before us whether mm-hmm. they're there or not mm-hmm. and so i think one of the second things you have to do is 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 talk about that unity existing there's a there's a there's a thing in vatican II that i think is kind of the foundation of what we've tried to do in our own family and it's a little theological but I do think it's it, it points us in the right direction um that I'd like that I might read if you're not if you're up to it now no. uh, <laughs> okay yeah you can you can read it but but I this is one of my this is one of my favorite verses from and this is from the Constitution of the Sacred Liturgy by Vatican in Vatican II but it's talking specifically Gaudium no, this is Sacrosanctum Concilium. Excuse me, yeah, Sacrosanctum no. Concilium. And it, it's actually one of the first documents that they did. And 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 it's interesting. It's the it begins. This is not what I wanted to read, but I think it's important to think about what what they're saying. This is this is the, one of the first documents they put out. This Sacred Council, talking about Vatican II, has set out to impart an in, ever increasing vigor to the Christian life of the faithful. So the purpose of this is. To encourage us to be vigorous in our in our faith, and part of that is the liturgy and the church. And it says, so the church, so the faithful are enabled to express in their lives and manifest to others the mystery of Christ and the real nature of the true church. And this is it: the church is essentially, listen to this, both human and divine, mm-hmm. visible but endowed with invisible realities, zealous in action and dedicated to contemplation, present in the world but as a pilgrim so constituted that in her the human this is important that the so constituted in her that the human is directed toward and subordinated to the divine the visible to the invisible is and again I'll fill this in visible is directed toward and subordinated to the divine and that action is directed toward and subordinated to contemplation and that this present world is directed toward and subordinated to the divine, to that city that's yet to come, which is the object of our quest. That, that, that encapsulates what we have tried to do in this show is an awareness that there is more than just meets the eye going on. <laughs> that in a sense, not the same way that the church is, but in, but in a sense... We each, as baptized Christians, have the Holy Spirit in us. We, as a sacrament, Christ is present in in that. He makes himself present in that, um, in our families. And that we have to remember that those don't go like as separate entities, that the, that the human, the everyday stuff that we do, is meant to be connected towards the divine. So we talk about teaching our kids about daily offering, about the fact that the, the, the little things matter, that, that there's nothing if we connect it with the divine, if we offer it to the divine, is ever meaningless, right? And so if you go through that, you know, that, that it's never meaningless, it's never meaningless, yeah. okay. it's never meaningless. And that, you know, that this idea that there's visible and invisible, we've heard that said over and over again, but, yeah. the, but the sense of, it's visible and invisible. We have to pray regularly. We have to have a sense. I was excited, you know, you can take it for whatever. I was excited that my daughter said, there are butterflies there 
So I know Mamu was there, which is the name. She never knew Mamu. Mm. We can talk about whether that theologically correct or whether it's right, but the sense of it is something that I want my children to have. Right, right. right. Um, that there is something else going on here. There are other persons involved that we may not see in what's, what's happening. Um, I like this. Action and contemplation go together. We are a, you know, a doer family. You can be going 100 miles an hour, but it has to be directed toward and subordinated to contemplation, which means we have to be thinking about how does this connect? How does what we're doing now, washing clothes you know, or taking kids to practice, how does that connect with what my mission in this world is? How, what can I do? It's got to be connected to prayer. has got to be a part of our lives. And then, you know, um, what was the last one? Contemplation. Present in the world, but constituted in such a way that we're always keeping our eyes to the other and that, you know, to the, to the quest where we're headed. So the goal of heaven is ultimately that, but it happens in the now. We can't get lost in the today without thinking about where we're headed. But I think that, that it kind of encapsulates the, what a, a domestic church should be. We should be active. We, how in the heck can we not be active? How many kids do you have, Thaddeus? I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not four. It's not like my job is to, to, to go, you know, crawl up into a, into a prayer room, you know, while the kids are clamoring for food or water or tearing down the house because they're playing, whatever they're doing. I mean, my job is to be a parent. Right. And, and to act in that. And we have to recapture the sense that it's like, it's not either or. That activity is meant to be part of our contemplation. We've taught that activity is meant to point us towards God. And we talked about, you know, I've talked about ways that that's happened. You know, I, you know, but the mentioned about my, my son and, you know, you're, you're watching a little boy down the stairs and he keeps pulling away and you're offering him help and he keeps pulling away from you and then falls and he's rescued by your help. But then when you offer your help again, he doesn't, that, that, that sense that that's part of it becomes contemplation. What happened at mass with you is part of that contemplation when you're at mass thinking about a house and what does that maybe that means today though you know that's the way life is meant to be that's why life should never be boring because we need to pray for the eyes to see the eyes of faith to see in our children in our relationship with our spouse in the events that are occurring around us a god who loves us and is acting in and through us and around us to draw us closer to him and to reveal himself more fully to us. How can life be boring at that point? I mean, if you can, if, if, if you can say, what are you saying to me now? Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? That's, that is a way that you want your family and your children to be thinking. Um, I think too often you, we want to disconnect these two. Like, here's the spiritual section over here of my life, and that's, you know, nice and neat. I'd go to, you know, maybe I pray 30 minutes in the morning, or, or I, you know, I go to that, or, you know, and that. And then there's this other stuff, you know, making dinner, running to the grocery store, getting to work, doing what I got to do at work. And, and, and those should never meet, compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. That's not, that is not a Christian way of looking at life. Yeah. <laughs> those things are all connected. Um, we like nice boxes sometimes. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm all over the place, so it doesn't, but Stephanie likes her boxes to check and, and you know, one right. thing at a time. And it's really this beautiful integrated whole. We need to teach our kids that perspective by making a morning offering, asking openly. Every morning I do, I mean, I've, I didn't realize that my kids were listening as we pray. I mean, I hope they would, but, but you know, the prayer of the family should teach our kids. So I almost every morning will say, Lord, grant us the grace to see you in the people that we meet and in the circumstances in which we find ourselves. And further grant us the grace to be you towards those people and in those circumstances. And I think that that's a, that's a great prayer 
to connect these to the visible and invisible. That, that mm-hmm. it's not like, okay, I've got these people I deal with at, at school. And then the, the great saints have always done that. I mean, yeah, I wanted to make a kind of a point about yeah. that's a good jumping off point. So, um, in getting ready for the benefit dinner, which is the oh, theme, yeah, exactly. Is I forgot about that. The saints, Catholic heroes, past and present, um, you know, been reading up on certain certain individuals, and I came across the address that Pope Benedict the Sixteenth gave on. He spent he spent a portion of his uh, Wednesday audiences for time going through the holy men and women of the Middle Ages, and they they actually got collected into a little booklet. Oh, yeah. You're probably familiar with yeah, it. But anyway, this is his address on Pope, um, not Pope Francis, St. <laughs> Francis Saint of Francis. Assisi. Yes. Who Pope Francis took his name right. from, but nevertheless. Um, and what the Holy Father here is saying is he points out that, you know, obviously, famously, he had the vision at San Damiano of Christ on the crucifix three times saying, go, Francis, repair my church in ruins. He thinks, okay, he wants me to repair this, you know, dilapidated church building, so I'm going to do that. And he gradually comes to re- understand that that's just a microcosm of the universal church. Right. repair, rebuild the whole church, okay? Then Pope Benedict talks about how the Pope at the time, Pope Innocent III, who was a giant of a, of a Pope, great theological right. um, writer, um, had a lot of temporal you know, influence, he was a strong Pope. He had this dream of the church, the Basilica of St. John Lateran falling down, which is the mother church of of the whole universal church. Right, right. Um, falling down, and this one kind of tiny monk, unknown monk, holding it, holding up. it up. Yep. And then he recognizes Francis in, that that was Francis in his dream when he later meets right, Francis yeah. in person in reality. it's I think it's when Francis went to Rome to ask for, his, for, for his the, order. the order, for the friar's uh, mendicant. Um, and Pope Benedict here, he says, so it's, you know, it's really important that, uh, innocent, the quote, innocent, the third was a powerful Pope who had a great theological formation and great political influence. Nevertheless, he was not the one to renew the church, but the small insignificant religious. It was St. Francis called by God. On the other hand, however, it is important to note that St. Francis does not renew the Church without or in opposition to the Pope, but only in communion with him. The two realities go together. The successor of Peter, the bishops, the Church founded on the succession of the Apostles, and the new charism that the Holy Spirit brought to life at that time for the Church's renewal. Authentic renewal grew from these together. So it's, you know, the Church is a building— it's also an institution. It's also a family. It's all three of those things at the same time. And at some times, those three things come together literally, right, like meant, at yeah. Mass, for example. Right. Right. Um, and that the church is not the clergy, but it's not, it's, but it's inseparable from right. the clergy. It's inseparable from the, the hierarchical structures right. of, and so, of the church, and it's, so it's important to remember because John Paul II would go on, would would say prior to this talking about what it means to be in authority, what it means to be a king, and he would use you know Jesus, you know the first shall be last, you know if you want to be the greatest of all, you must be the servant of all. That his way of looking at things that the it's not like this in in the world where the you know where they lord it over them. Mm-hmm. It's not it will not be so for you. That's a call to us as parents to recognize, and stories like this from about St. Francis can be used if you tell the story, and, and those are, that that would be a great, I mean, young kids would love that story, or go get, um, there's several different ones where you can get small 
books about a saint, but particularly if you did use St. Francis, that again communicate this idea that you can point out. My authority as a parent over you is meant to be at at your service. Mm -hmm. It's not to get me, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard this from any of your kids, but you know, you, you know, you're the boss of me. You can do whatever you want. You know, mm -hmm. you can make me, that's not fair. You can make me do, you have to re, that's the way the world is. It's not the way the church is. It's not the way the, not the way the church is meant to be. I'm certainly there may have been and have been people in authority that have not have not used their authority to serve others. But when it's done correctly, the way Christ intended, we have to show them that authority is not something that puts a thumb down on on those whom they serve, but rather is there to instruct, guide, and move them forward. So their obedience is allowing them to become and to do whatever it is that they're meant to do. And they, the children need to see that being obedient is not like being a slave. It's being a, a participant with the authority that I'm working so that I can become who God created in me. So you have to keep making the connections as parents. If I tell you no to something, this is why, mm -hmm. and now I think that's important for, for you. Mm -hmm. You need to do this, and this is why I think it's important for you. Not be quiet because I want to watch the football game and just shut up because I'm your dad and I told you to be quiet <laughs> because it's what I want. Instead, authority is meant to be do this, avoid that, let's do this, and give them the means to be able to accomplish whatever it is. And our kids need to know that that's why we are parents of theirs, that we're wanting the best for them. Those are pennies you pitch into that proverbial box, you know, every day is you want your children to hear over and over again. I'm not your parent to lord it over you, to make you do what I want to do, but I'm, I, I'm asking you to help with this because this makes your character better or this is going to make you a better person um, to study this or to try that or to avoid this, those are all yeah. for you. I think what you're getting at, too, is that in spite of uh, scandal all through the church's existence, it's always been, it's, it has never shied away from holding itself to the same standard, same moral set of moral standards that it proclaims. Right. Right. Absolutely. Even though it fails to live up to those things, and it, and it, it still it still holds. It still says we're subject to that moral law, right? And ideally, ideally, that should be the same in the domestic church, where absolutely. the parent, the child, we're all held to that same moral standard. We're all supposed to act according to that same. And we, moral I think standard, we've talked right? about we've talked about it. I think you even brought it up the other you know the other day, and, and I know we've talked about it before. But that's exactly the point, that there is a standard that we should, we hold, that exists separate from yeah, us. it's outside of us. It's outside of us as parents, and that we're held to that. So we should, I mean, maybe none of y'all out there fail <laughs> at how you discipline a child or how you handle a situation. I but, know I know I, but I know that I have more than once, and, and I think it's, a, it's critical for them to recognize that the standard that you're holding them to is the same standard to which you're holding yourself. And so when you fail, you need to be an example and say, I, I messed up. I'm asking your forgiveness because I did not handle it this way. Name it and claim it. I mean, claim it and then name what it is so you can teach. I did not treat you with the dignity you should have been treated. I did not handle this in charitably, whatever. But but use those terms so that they can see that the standard is not something that I've invented as a parent. <laughs> it, it's a standard that exists that, that I'm in my authority. I'm meant to be a witness to, but also call those subject to me towards for their good. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. Um, so we've got the the four marks of the church one holy ap catholic. catholic and apostolic we've got the three phases of the church i'm not sure what the term is for that but the church militant the church triumphant the church suffering 
we have these aspects of the church from sacrosanctum concilium. Right. It's human, it's divine. It's right. visible, it's invisible. It's in the world, it's pilgrim. It's active, it's contemplative. Sounds like a pretty complex thing. It, no, it is. But the thing is, is the thing to remember is, is that we take the incarnation seriously. We we do believe, and that's what people struggle with. I mean, I mean, if you put yourself back there and really think about what was going on, a man who looked like a man, regardless of what miracles he did, he still looked like a man. He was able to be nailed to a cross. He was able to, to be, he didn't look any different or end up in, in a human sense any different. He died um, any different. We take that seriously. He's not some, and that's some of the greatest heresies have been this, he, he was just a figment of our imagination. You know, it wasn't really him. It's Gnostic, you know, that there's this vague spiritual aspect that just kind of had this mask over it. Catholics don't believe that. In the same way, in the same way. So Jesus is the sacrament of God. Jesus is the sacrament of God. What is that? The, the visible sign of God's existence and God's essence of who he is. He's the sacrament. The church is the sacrament of Christ. He, it, is, it is, in some sense, an extension of the incarnation that does not merely say it's some, just like Gnosticism, it fights against Gnosticism. It fights against this temptation to say, you know, God couldn't be operating that way. Let's just keep it this vague, you know, body of Christ symbol thing where everybody who, you know, says they love Jesus is, is the church. Instead, the church is held out to be in spite of and, and through those very human limited people, the Holy Spirit is active and working through that church. And so we don't disconnect as Catholics, no, no more than we disconnect the humanity from the divinity of Christ. We don't disconnect. The Holy Spirit is actively leading the church, and there are people in authority that we can point to and say those people are an authority of Christ himself. The bishops are meant to be that, but they are human <laughs> too, and therefore they are sinful. But the reality is, just like Pope Francis, I mean, not Pope Francis, St. Francis did not go, well, the Pope doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm going to go do whatever I'm going to do. He waited for that authority to say yes, because if Christ is operating in and through his church, we should still follow that, even if, and Pope Innocent was better than that, but even if that authority may be wrong, quote unquote, we should have, and God will honor that. Same thing with family. We need to teach that there are certain positions of authority that as long as they're not calling you to do something that is against God's law, that should be followed, even if they're wrong because of the authority that they have. So a teacher and a coach, a parent, we should teach our kids to respect the president should be because of the position and a Catholic understanding that it is God who's put them in that role. And he has worked throughout time. If you read the Bible through people who are not the best people, but he used them or utilized them to direct his people mm -hmm. to reveal his greatness. And when we step outside of that, we do it. So for example, I mean, we've talked about this before and we're drawing to a close, but Pope, I mean, uh, St. Francis de Sales wrote a thing on discernment and he actually talks about respecting the, the authority and he points to the Holy Family in Nazareth and says, who is the least holy in that family? Joseph, because Mary was immaculate. Jesus was God. The least holy. They followed him. Right. They could have said, and a human said, wait, wait a second, I'm the immaculate one, or I'm God, how dare you tell me? But Jesus was obe obedient to him, it says in Scripture. So uh, if that's our example, 
then we need to show our children that that's it. I can be wrong. I think another thing that we need to say is that we need to be willing to say, I'm making this decision based on that. I am not God. I am fallible, but I have to make a decision. You cannot go to this party. You cannot go to this because, and I may be wrong, but I'm asking you to follow what I'm saying because of these reasons. And I've gone back and said, you know what? I probably was wrong. I shouldn't have let you go or I should have let you go, whatever. But again, pointing to authority being at the service of the person, not I'm demanded of you because I'm the boss of you. I demanded of you because it's what's best for you. And I'm serving you by saying, avoid that or do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was what you were talking, getting at, yeah. but I know we're getting close to the end here, but yeah. So the, um, there's a lot of ways you're, you're kind of suggesting that we can model the church. We can imitate the church in our own families, how we structure our families, how we live family life. We can kind of, and this is a very Catholic understanding of a way of looking at something, but kind of get it into our children's bones, right. what it means to be a church and what the church is, not so much through speech, although speech is important and an intellectual formation right. is vital, but actually through the body and through right. the movements and the rhythms of everyday life, and what family life looks like. Yep. And I think that, that um, you know, not only Christ's... Pros- oh, never mind. We'll have to save that till next time, folks. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. But anyway, I, I, I just hope that y'all will glean something from this and move forward. But remember, always pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. We love you. Pray for us. We'll pray for you. Bye-bye.